Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. In these stories, the reader feels both a sense of curiosity and concern as they experience the events of the story at the same time as the character. And this allows for a high level of empathy between the reader and the character because neither one knows what's about to happen next. The majority of commercial fiction is driven forward by suspense because it attracts both your intellectual side and your emotional side. And most readers want that kind of balance. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about narrative drive. And this is going to be a fun one because a lot of you have been asking things like, how do I hook and hold readers' interest from page one? And then once I have the reader's interest, how do I keep the momentum going in my story so that readers don't get bored? And both of these questions can be answered by understanding what narrative drive is so that you can then use narrative drive to craft a story that works. So first, let's talk about what narrative drive is. In a nutshell, narrative drive is what gives a story its forward momentum. It's what hooks the reader on page one and then pulls them through the rest of the story all the way to the end. And according to Robert McKee, narrative drive is created and sustained when a story plays on two primary needs of the reader. One need is intellectual and one need is emotional. So the first need is curiosity, and curiosity is the intellectual need to find answers to questions. So as the protagonist of a story chases his or her goal and is put at increasingly greater risk, the reader is going to be propelled forward by the need to know what's going to happen or how things are going to turn out. And these questions will ideally be answered by the end of the story. So the reader from page one is held by a sense of curiosity to find out either what's going to happen or how things are going to turn out. The second need is concern. And concern is the emotional need to experience positive outcomes. So when the reader enters a story on page one, they're going to immediately try to figure out who's bad, who's good, what's right, and what's wrong. They're going to look for someone, aka your protagonist, to latch onto and care about as he or she pursues that story goal. And this attachment is what's going to be rewarded at the end of the story. So if the reader stays put, they're going to be rewarded by this positive emotional outcome. So one more time, these are two things that kind of hook and hold the reader's interest. One is curiosity, which is that intellectual need to find answers to questions. And two is concern or the emotional need to experience a positive outcome. 
Now, depending on the genre, a story is going to work to evoke different levels of concern and or curiosity in the reader. So I like to think about a story as having both a curiosity dial and a concern dial that you can turn up and down. So for example, in a murder mystery, the curiosity dial would be turned all the way up. The reader wants to follow a master detective as he or she uncovers clues and solves the intellectual puzzle of whodunit. The concern dial is usually turned pretty far down or almost all the way down because the reader doesn't necessarily need to or want to empathize with the master detective. They just really want to solve the puzzle. So now that we know what feelings pull a reader through a story, we have to understand how exactly to evoke these feelings as writers. So in other words, we need to figure out how do we manipulate a reader's feelings in a way that makes them curious or concerned enough to turn the page to find out what happens next. And there are three main ways to evoke feelings of curiosity and or concern in a reader. And each one of these methods has to do with how much information the reader has compared to the characters at any given time in a story. So method number one is mystery. And mystery evokes mostly curiosity because the reader has less information than the characters. Method number two is dramatic irony, and this method evokes mostly concern because the reader has more information than the characters. Method number three is suspense, and this method evokes both curiosity and concern because the reader has the same information as the characters. So now that we kind of have a quick overview of what those three methods are, let's dive deeper into each one of them. Method number one is mystery. Stories that hold a reader's interest through curiosity alone are driven forward by mystery. So in this scenario, the reader has less information than the characters. These are the stories where expositional facts, particularly facts in the backstory, are concealed from the reader. So readers feel curious about these past events and are teased with little hints of the truth and deliberately misled by red herrings so that he or she doesn't know what to believe and what to dismiss. So in other words, the reader has to rely heavily on their intellect in order to quote unquote solve the puzzle. And in stories driven by mystery, readers don't often feel a lot of concern for the protagonist because it's often hard to emotionally connect with someone like a master detective who's really smart and charming and likable and never really in any kind of life or death jeopardy. They're really just trying to solve the puzzle and the reader's goal is to kind of solve the puzzle alongside the detective or before the end of the story, right? So that's method number one, mystery. Method number two is dramatic irony. So stories that hold a reader's interest through concern alone are driven forward by dramatic irony. And in this scenario, the reader has more information than the characters do. These are the stories that sometimes open with the ending, giving away the outcome on purpose so that the reader feels a sense of dread or concern as the protagonist gets closer and closer to their fate. Readers already know what's going to happen, so they don't really feel a whole lot of curiosity about facts and consequences, but rather they pay close attention to the motivations and to the forces at work in a character's life to figure out how the character got from point A to point B. So that's method number two, dramatic irony. Method number three is suspense. So stories that hold a reader's interest through a mix of curiosity and concern are driven forward by suspense. And in this scenario, the reader has the same information as the characters. So in these stories, the reader feels both a sense of curiosity and concern as they experience the events of the story at the same time as the characters. 
And this allows for a high level of empathy between the reader and the character because neither one knows what's about to happen next. The majority of commercial fiction is driven forward by suspense because it attracts both your intellectual side and your emotional side, and most readers want that kind of balance. So that's method number three, suspense. Now you might be thinking, okay, that makes sense, but how does this help me write a book? Well, first it's important to note that every story has one main question that it raises in the beginning and then answers by the end. And usually these questions are determined by a story's genre. So, for example, romance novels ask some version of, will these characters get together or not? Mystery novels ask some version of, is the murderer or criminal going to be identified and brought to justice or not? Action novels ask some version of, are these characters going to survive or not? You get the idea. It's this major dramatic question that pulls both the reader and the character through the story, and it determines what the reader wants to know and what your character's goal is going to be. So, for example, in an action story, a character's overarching story goal might be something like survive the asteroid attack and save the rest of Earth in the process, right? And then throughout the story, this character would be working really hard to achieve this goal, and the reader would be following along to learn whether or not he or she is going to succeed. This global question and answer pairing is sometimes called the spine of your story or the main story thread. And what this means for you as the writer is that every line or every scene in your story should be moving the character one step closer to achieving their goal and moving the reader one step closer to learning the answer to the question that was raised at the beginning of your story. So not only is this a great thing to consider when you're starting out to write your story, but it's also something that can help you edit your story too. Because if you find yourself writing a scene or if you've already written a scene that doesn't really contribute to this global question and answer pairing or this like spine of your story or the main story thread, whatever you want to call it, then you kind of have to question why it's in your draft in the first place, right? So let's quickly recap what we went over in today's episode. First, narrative drive is what gives a story its forward momentum, and it's what hooks the reader and pulls them through the rest of your story. Second, narrative drive is created and sustained when a story plays on two primary needs of the reader. One is intellectual, which is curiosity, and the second is emotional, which is concern. And depending on the genre, a story is going to evoke different levels of concern and or curiosity in the reader. Third, there are three main ways to evoke feelings of curiosity and concern in a reader, and each method has to do with how much information the reader has compared to the characters at any given time in the story. So method number one is mystery, which evokes mostly curiosity because the reader has less information than the characters. Method number two is dramatic irony, which evokes mostly concern because the reader has more information than the characters. Method number three is suspense, and this method evokes both curiosity and concern because the reader has the same information as the characters. The majority of commercial fiction uses suspense as its main form of narrative drive because it attracts both the reader's intellectual side and their emotional side, and most people are looking for this kind of balance in fiction. And lastly, every story asks a question in the beginning that needs to be answered by the end. And this global question and answer pairing is sometimes called the spine of your story or the main story thread. And ideally, every scene or every sequence, every subplot and every act in your story should be contributing to this main story thread. And if it doesn't, then you really want to ask why it's in your story in the first place or how you can make it contribute to the global story thread. 
And if you guys want to see narrative drive in action, I highly recommend picking out a scene from one of your favorite stories or even the story you're writing and see if you can get a sense of whether the scene is trying to evoke a sense of curiosity or concern or a mixture of both in you as the reader. You can also do this exercise for the global overarching story, but I think it's easier to identify this sense of evoking curiosity or concern at a scene level first. So that's all I have for you guys today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode all about narrative drive and hopefully you can see how having an understanding of narrative drive can help you craft a compelling story that hooks and holds readers attention all the way until the very end. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.